Welcome to the WCIA 3 in 1 podcast, and we are finally back to 3 in 1. It's very exciting. <laughs> Brett Barons, Marley Weirda, and our newest member of the sports team, Andy Olson, who has been waiting for months to be able to get to this point, maybe even years since college. Andy, welcome. We are super excited to have you. And it's so exciting because we have high school football tonight. Oh, wait, we don't. Yeah. It's kind of been, it's not a well-kept secret so far. There's been <laughs> the promos and stuff, but it, it's good to to finally be official, I think. I mean, getting on the podcast is, uh, I mean, we're only a minute in, but it's great so far. Good start. Welcome to the team. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time coming since Craig Schott left us in March, May. Mm-hmm. Craig, we miss you. It's been that long. We don't even remember how long it's been. <laughs> uh, obviously, we miss you a lot. No, I'm kidding. It's, I think he left in May, so it's been great. You know, This last couple of months, we've been able to survive, so to speak, in sports, and I know a lot of places are struggling to find content and even to make it. There's been some stations across the country that have even just shut down sports, and you know that's come back, but at the start, at the onset of everything going on in this pandemic, there was a lot of places that were struggling, mm-hmm. and we got the support from our management to say, hey, yes, we're going to continue with a third sports person, and Andy Olson was that, and he was my first choice all along anyway, already in the building ready to go, trained for this position, wanted to do sports all along. And so the point of today, Andy, is I'm hoping that we can uh, – we'll, we'll talk about some sports and things that are going on in our country right now. But I'm hoping that we can get to know you a little bit and let our audience can say, like, hey, who is this Andy guy? Because you've been on the news side for the last year that you've worked here. But I know you wanted to do sports all along. So what's this last year been like for you as you've tried to, you know – work your way up, so to speak, and, and get to a position where you can do sports? I think the biggest uh, definer of the past year is probably just rewarding because during college and everything, I'm sure we'll talk about this too, about you know everything I did to get to this point, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, just being able to do something that I guess I wasn't necessarily comfortable with, I guess, coming out of college, because I did news. I think everyone, when you're in college, I mean, you go for a journalism degree, you have to do, if you want to do sports, you have to do news as well. But I guess I was kind of scared of the the challenge at least a little bit coming into the coming into news and in, you know a, such a big market like this one and being able to hold my own and do a lot of stories that I'm really proud of and get to know the community and things like that um like I said has been really rewarding so far and it, I'm very happy with you know all that I've done in news but I don't think I could possibly be more excited about doing sports now or joining the sports team um it's something that I, like you said I've been looking forward to for a while so I'm happy to get it going and I hope we can get sports back at some point. Yes. Normally, we'd be 100%. rocking and rolling right now, yeah. ready to go. I'd be putting together assignments for tonight on Friday Football Fever and just all of the excitement of not only high school football, but Illinois football as well. And when you lose both of them, it's certainly a big blow to you know people in the community, to us working it, trying to cover it. I know to fans you know, and, and the players first and foremost because you know they're the ones that are tr- having to try and traverse all of this unknown with COVID-19, and there's no – direct answers and that's been the frustrating part and I'm sure that's been frustrating for you as well because you know we had this worked out a month ago six weeks ago you know that you were going to join the sports team officially and it's just kind of been this okay well when's the right time and are we going to get sports back and for a while there I don't know how you felt Andy but for me I was pretty confident that at least Big Ten football was going to start I didn't know if it was going to finish and then on August 11th, everything gets blown up, and here we are now a couple of weeks later. So what's this last couple of months been like for you just trying to process, okay, like I know this day is going to be coming, even still going forward here, that we're going to see you on the news side a little bit. How have you tried to manage all of that professionally and personally? 
I mean, it's been uh, an agonizing wait, I guess you could say. I mean, when you're so excited for something um, and then, you know, being told that, you know, you have to wait a little bit longer and then you think that, you know, you know where the finish line is and, and you're going to get there. And then the goalposts keep moving, and and that's been that's been <laughs> that's the a good metaphor. Yeah, that, that's been the toughest part. But you know, I completely understand why you know the goalposts are moving. Um, you know, it's hard for me to uh, leave news when you know there's not a lot of sports going on right now in Illinois. I mean, like you mentioned, we, we had thought that Big Ten football was at least going to start, going to happen. I was you know super excited for that first game because it was against my alma mater. Um, so. Not having that, uh, you know, is tough. It's tough to deal with, but um, you just have to. I feel like this is a sports dance. You just have to readjust, um, get back ready for the fight, and then we'll we'll go full sports eventually. And hopefully, they'll be back here um, for all of our sakes uh, pretty soon. All right, and you picked a great time to move into sports. I mean, <laughs> Illinois football is supposed to have its best team in a decade, right? <laughs> Illinois basketball is the best team in 15 years. So, like, there's all of these anticipatory things coming and I think that's where the fans are struggling too and that's where we're struggling is like this was supposed to be the time that Illinois was hitting its peak you know I mean you fire uh, all these coaches to get to a point where you want to find success and it's taken Illinois a long time and this hasn't been a great decade for Illinois sports compared to the decade prior and yet here we are in a hundred year pandemic and we're not able to do it so I, th I think that's been the most frustrating part for all of us and, and including us in the media because we want to tell the stories we want to be there we want to you know, show these highlights and have these interviews and, and ultimately tell these stories of, of the players and coaches and, and people, you know, that are interested in all of this. But give us a background of a sense of where you grew up. You said you went to Illinois State. You know, that's great. Well, have you always been a sports fan? Have you always wanted to do this? Kind of give us an idea of how you got here. I mean, I could probably talk about this for the entire hour that we have for this podcast, so I'll try and keep it short. But So I grew up in Illinois in a small town called Lindenhurst. It's uh, up in the north suburbs of Chicago. Um, about halfway between Milwaukee and Chicago, so about 45 minutes each way. Uh, in high school, uh, I kind of got started in uh, media with, we had like a little broadcast program that was kind of just starting, and we had, uh, of course, the newspaper and things like that. I thought I had wanted to do theater and be an actor for a while, uh, but eventually, I mean, I've been inspired by so many different you know folks in media, whether it be listening to the Mike and Mike show when, you know, I go into school in the morning, uh, like Stuart Scott, Scott Van Pelt, all those guys on Sports Center. I just kind of felt that I'm a, I love sports. You know, I, I may as well do something as a job that I love. Um, so I eventually, uh, I went to Illinois State. Um, also, I, I grew up an Illinois fan too, which is kind of a cool full circle uh, of all of this. Um, the first college football game I went to was at Wrigley Field between Northwestern and Illinois. 2010. Um, that 2010, yeah. that's right. I Mikhail think... Lashore's champagne zone oh, ran man. for 336 yards. It was I think crazy. It was. The one end zone yeah. game, there was, no, there, right. there was a lot going on. Uh, but I went to Illinois State because of their how much I love their broadcast program. Um, you can be a freshman there and be on the air two to three times a week for radio. And then the TV program is great, too. We have a newscast. Had a newscast. I'm graduated now. Had a newscast <laughs> uh, every day of the week. Uh, so I'm not the most uh, educationally inclined. Uh, I can say that now that I have my degree and I'm out of school. I got uh, C's. It's okay. Exactly. C's get degrees. Exactly. Uh, but I was really into, like, the extracurriculars of doing the work of TV and radio uh, while I was in school. And uh, then I graduated 2019, came over here to do news, and that kind of 
brings you up to speed where I am now. What? You got any questions? For any Andy? questions? Um, did you? We're getting to know Andy. <laughs> did you? Did you play any sports? That's a great question. I did. <laughs> I was kind of terrible at sports. Um, I am not the most athletically inclined, unfortunately. Uh, I played baseball growing up, and I played uh, a little bit in high school. Um, and I think that's probably still my favorite sport is baseball. And uh, but like I said, I did theater while I was in high school. So eventually, it was like, oh, what would I rather do? And I wasn't very good at baseball. I was a much better actor than I was a second yeah. baseman. So I decided to go with that. And it ended up bringing me to media a little bit because if you think about those kinds of things, they're in the same kind of vein. I mean, you know, the projection, you know, the voice work and all that kind of what we do a little bit. Goes hand in hand. Exactly. Also, Andy is the token soccer fan of the group. Yeah, you can carry us on the soccer thing. <laughs> I am, yeah. So a uh, little background on the soccer thing. I didn't play soccer growing up. Well, I, I did until I was in sixth grade, and then I was like, I don't want to play this anymore, Mom. My mom was the driving force of soccer. And then, I mean, I'm a sports fan, so on a vacation in 2014, I was really bored. There was We were in Florida. It was one of those – I mean, you can like going to Florida and have vacations. This one was kind of a boring Florida vacation. So <laughs> I was right. just – I know. Marley, I was, wow. Sorry, okay. God's fired. Sorry, Marley. But I was just stuck in the hotel room, and that was the summer of the World Cup. And the United States made it to the round of 16. And that was the first time I'd ever watched soccer. So since then, it's been kind of one of those things where there's so much to learn. I think that's one of my favorite parts about sports is the, the background, the history, and just the learning everything you can about them. So I remember doing that when I was a kid for baseball, football. I mean, every kid has those moments when you're learning about the leagues and things like that. So it's kind of cool experiencing that again with soccer. And it's such a worldwide game uh, as an adult. So I think that's... That's I guess I I will take the crown of the the token soccer fan sure. of the three of us. You can be the soccer fan. Marley's the resident athlete here. They can provide uh, that yes. perspective. I'm here with a bunch of narps. That I we're just pretenders here. We're just yes. fakes. Uh, you know, so we'll carry each other from from that aspect. So I could care less about soccer in a sense. You That's know. okay. I, I respect the heck out of it, but I'm not going to sit down and watch soccer. Just like Marley's probably not going to sit down and watch golf on a Sunday, and I'll nerd no. out on that. So. I won't sit down and watch golf, and I won't sit down and watch a baseball game. But I will sit down and watch a soccer game. Okay. All right. Well, you guys can converse about it. Uh, favorite yeah. team? So my favorite team is uh, Aston Villa. Okay. And I got that partly because of uh, college football media member Tom Fernelli. I followed him when I was uh, a little bit younger, when I was in high school. And he would tweet about them. I was like, oh, I guess I'll choose them in FIFA. That was the only team I knew. <laughs> I was playing video games, and it just kind of stuck from there. Um, and through thick and thin, it's been a tough couple of years, but they're doing okay now. All right. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, Twitter handle, WCI3Andy. Yes. Common uh, spelling. Common spelling, A-N-D-Y. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only four letters. Uh, I didn't need the Twitter clout because we are lacking a little bit in that yeah. right now. So. All right. Well, we'll try and get you some more followers. Exactly. I saw Marley the other day, one of her 2K. Oh, did I? Big time. I didn't even notice. Congratulations. There you go. You're like my mom. She she <laughs> like keeps track of my like Twitter followers and she's like, Oh, when you tweeted this, you got like three more followers. I'm like, Oh, oh what? Nice. She's like well, here with go. my like Twitter analytics. She looks at my, yeah. my Twitter likes. She's like, Oh, I saw you that you liked this tweet. I'm like, mom, Ooh, that's a no one scary. goes that in is. to your Twitter likes unless you're my mother. Unless apparently. you're really worried about your Twitter followers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, don't say anything too controversial then because mom's watching. My mom's watching. <laughs> I'm sure we're on the same page with most things. So ah, uh, well, anything all I right. Said would. That's good. <laughs> so you grew up uh, north side of Chicago. Are you a Cubs fan? Absolutely. Okay. Huge Cubs fan. So that, I think, was 
um, I guess technically my second sports love. My first one was motorsports since my dad used to race when I was little at some of the local dirt tracks. Uh, but I remember 2007 was like the first year I really got into the Cubs. Um, and that sounds late. I think a lot of kids or a lot of people expected like 2003 or something like that. Right. NLCS. Uh, but I was only uh, five during that season. So I guess <laughs> my, my first year at the Cubs was 2007. You got to date me like that, right? Yeah, oh, sorry. I was in high I school. I, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit young. Uh, but 2017, Derek Lee and Ramos Ramirez. Oh, yeah. Soriano, his first year with the Cubs, yeah. gets swept by the Dodgers in the playoffs. It's fine. It's great. Right. Yeah. Good memories to start know, out with. <laughs> but then, I mean, 2016 was probably the, I mean, one of the best nights of my life during that game seven. A lot of emotions then. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Bears fan, I assume, too? Yes. Okay. Uh, one of the worst nights of my life was the Bears losing to the Colts yes. in uh, um, Super Bowl 41. That was not a good time. It was a great start to the game. Thanks, Devin that Hester. Was, that was awesome. I was so hyped. Devin Hester. I was in Miami, too. Yeah, returning home. What was that, 2007? 2007 Super Bowl. 2007 Super Bowl. 2006 season. Yep. They got to do it weird like that. I know. It's super weird, right? And you remember the Super Bowl name. I'm terrible at those. I can't remember what Super Bowl it was. I just remember the year. Yeah. Yeah. 41. There you go. That was tough. All right. So I'm curious. You said you had this transformation of not really playing sports. You know, I played high school sports. Marley played college sports. What was it? And you were acting, too, which I think is great because I did some theater in high school and everything else. And I agree. It does kind of. Wait, did we all do? Did you do theater in high school, too? Not in high school. I didn't like. Well, that's a different story for another <laughs> no, time. Maybe. I want to hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> I don't started. know. Yeah, I don't started. know if I want to. Okay. Um. Hmm. It's not, well, we don't have to, you know, break out pictures here. But I do have video of me playing the Pharaoh in um, High School Musical. Well, yeah. Okay. So Joseph. I did a little. I think I was kind of on the same board as well, where I was like, oh, I kind of want to be like an actress. Um. So I did theater in like middle school, elementary school. Um. But. I also got into TV commercials for a little bit, which selling uh, mattresses. I, <laughs> it was um, <laughs> I did like Toyota. Um, really? Wow. Like there was a couple like Barbie. Um, I don't like to tell people that oh, we it need puts to find me on videos. blast. My mom has it, them all on. Oh, like, okay. I'm contacting her. Yeah. Let's get so this is weird on the phone. <laughs> You can see how like nervous I am to like <laughs> I share. Great. I don't know. I were these, get like these were on TV. These are on TV. Yes. Um. So my TV career started um a bit earlier. Than Who would have known? Pe- yes. So give me like so, a line. What were you? What were you saying? Like come down to um, weird a Toyota. No. <laughs> there was one. It was for like um. Well, this is actually kind of a funny story. So it was for like Burdines, which I think was like an old department store in like the 90s i don't know i was young but um it was like a shoe commercial and i remember like it was like okay so like you go in and they're like okay this is like your dad for the day you have to pretend like this guy is like your dad i was like okay yeah and they're like okay and you want him to like there's like a cockroach on the floor and you don't want him to like kill it with the shoe like you want him to like take it outside so i just remember like don't kill it daddy like take it outside i don't know (laughs) so that's one of my lines that we've got to find TV. these videos but, yeah, we do. okay these here's the funny story great. is that i don't remember this but my mom said like we had been out like in public somewhere and i saw him and this guy was on a date obviously he was like an actor in the thing and i go up to him and i was like hi daddy <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and no. he was like uh <laughs> that is epic yeah so that's kind of my what a great story, story. so yeah you ruined that guy's night probably 
and my mom wow. like had yeah. to explain like oh no they were just yeah like, sure yeah <laughs> likely story here um, but yeah i have some some videos that mom can maybe how old up, were you but, when you did this um i started well i started like probably before i can like even remember like one maybe and really? then i kind of like continued wow. until um it was meant to be it was i think it was meant to be yeah everything kind of comes full circle so. that is fantastic see we're all learning things about yes. each other <laughs> this should be more what the podcast is about <laughs> ah, there's lots of stuff going on but we just need to tell yes. acting stories from right, right, right. three yeah and then like my acting career i think ended in my production of the little mermaid when i was in like middle school maybe. what happened there bad story i don't know i think i just like that was it and then i demanded more money I did, yeah, I know. Money, they were I was union becoming a, a diva, I guess. Yeah, right. But after that, I Mom think pulled the plug. Oh, can't I do this anymore. No, I think that's kind of when I wanted to like start playing sports cuz it's ah, a lot. Okay. It's a lot. You have to go to like castings and I was back and forth to Miami a lot of time. My mom was driving me here and there and it was kind of like, okay, I want to, you know, actually be a kid, be a kid and do things. Right. So, I mean, I've be been working since the day I was out of I the womb. I need Skittles, <laughs> Starburst and Dr. Pepper just in the, my just the trailer. Green Skittles. I yeah, just, only just green, the green ones. Just the green Skittles. I only like the green M&Ms. Really? No, it's kind of a joke. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. You had me there for a minute. I don't know. I mean, maybe that acting career started and you only ate the green M&Ms. You demanded it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll there, see. There you go. All right. Well, if any... Anyways. Of I'm exposing my secrets here. <laughs> car dealerships need an actress. I mean, we have... We yes, have you here. Have Prior experience. Seven years of experience, maybe? Seven <laughs> years. Wow. Ready to roll. It's good on the resume. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, you didn't put that on your resume when you no, applied I did here. Not. <laughs> maybe that would have, uh, you know, won you the job easier. I don't know. Yeah. It's um, it's a tightly kept secret. Ah, well, not anymore. Like now it's to, on the podcast. tell many people, but here we are. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, Andy. So you said that that transition kind of, you know, started. You fell in love with sports. You know, did you see yourself in like high school because like for me i was probably seventh grade and watching the news here on wcia and it was like yeah that's what i want to do that's really cool you know was it like that love of sports and soccer and like voice and all of that how did that kind of come together where you said oh maybe i could do this for a living i think it was it was definitely in high school um because like i said I, I loved sports Played them for a while, realized I wasn't good at them, so I just like we all do, right? Like yeah, I did the just, same thing. Just continued watching from afar in high school then, uh, but it was just like I said, a combo of those. I mean, listening to Mike and Mike on my way to school for zero hour gym. That was gym before school started. It was a bad decision. Um, <laughs> and then listening to Waddle and Sylvie uh, on yeah. ESPN Chicago on my way home. Um, it was, I mean, like I said, Stuart Scott, you know, watching him do Sports Center and just how much fun he was having. And it was just kind of this, um, it just kind of dawned on me that I don't want to be, and I think I knew for a while, I did not want to be in like a nine to five, Monday through Friday, at my uh, desk, hating things. Like I wanted to do something that uh, I really, really enjoyed. And sports was that like thing above all else for me, uh, you know, talking about it, watching it. And I just decided to I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to join the newspaper, like I said, broadcast, go to a broadcasting school. And I mean, lucky enough, I was good enough at it that um, I got hired someplace and I get, you know, my job is to talk about sports now, which is crazy to me still that, you know, it was able to happen. But yeah, it was just kind of seeing uh, all those 
I guess you can call them heroes. I mean, you think about you call them heroes when uh, you know, when you're growing up and just seeing how much fun they were having doing it. I was like, I want to do that as well. Yeah, and I think you develop your own style and personality, mm-hmm. and you'll do that as you come along here. And I think Molly can attest to that of mm-hmm. trying to be you, and that's what I tell people all the time: is like you have to be you. You can't try and imitate someone else. You can watch other people and how they do it, and, and admire them, and and try and be like that in a sense. But you know, we all develop our own style, and you've done that in news, you know, in your ability to tell stories, and that's something that stands out about you. You've got a great voice, but I, the thing that I, you know, I've learned about you is that you can tell a story, and I think that's ultimately what helped you get this job is because it's it's storytelling right and mm-hmm. and marley's come a long way on that and you know i have two from the time that i started right i mean it's just part of doing it for a long time but how i'm curious how your love of storytelling has kind of evolved from that because for me it was like oh i just love sports and i wanted to be in sports because it was all about sports and games and all of that kind of thing and so for me it was a, an evolution of learning to tell stories and love the storytelling part of sports. And yes, the games are important, but it's the stories behind the game that really make fans like the game for me. Yeah. Well, the game is also a story. Sure. And every, and every yeah. game is a story if you allow it to be, not just the numbers and whatever right. else. Right. You have to get behind the story of the numbers and the games to figure out why things mean so much to different people. You know, and so I think that's part of it, at least for me, that has has become my love of sports and kind of even deep in that. I'm curious for you how you've, you know, evolved into storytelling because that's so much of what we do here at Channel 3. Yeah, I think uh, it kind of started in that that same place where I was, you know, watching, you know, I'm just taking in so much sports. Um, And of course, you know, you love the games and you love to talk about it and things like that. The, The theater background definitely helped with that because, you know, you may be going with the script for like the plays and the musicals and things like that. Uh, but I really enjoyed doing improv as well because improv, I mean, you have to come up with a story on the spot. So uh, it's not the same as what we do here because we have to find stories here and then figure out a way to tell them. But I think that definitely helped with my voice and being able to uh, share stories like that and being able to tell them in a certain way. Uh, I think one of the biggest ways that I, I found to love telling stories was to, to f- to actually feel other people's stories, you know what I mean? So to, to like you mentioned, find your own voice, um, but there are so many people that inspire me, you know what I mean? I already talked about a couple, but I mean, you talk about the, the E60s, those background stories and things like mm-hmm. that. You mean, you talk about, um, you know, the, the college game days when they have those features on some of the players for that week. Um, when I've had a couple of those, I mean, where I got emotional, like watching them, uh, and of course, not every story is sad that they tell on those types of things. <laughs> right. But for the ones that are, it made such an impact on me personally watching those. It inspired me to, you know, tip, take what I have learned in theater, take my love of sports, and combine that and try to and set out to achieve what they did. Um, and it just keeps coming back to always getting better. Like you mentioned, you know, people come a long way when they get in this job from where they started. And that love of taking those in, I want to be able to, you know, give back to viewers watching because I was in, you know, that spot as well. I think we're all in that spot. We always view and take in media. Um, So it always just goes back to, you know, wanting to have that type of impact on people that I had uh, on myself when I was younger and still do to this day with some stories. Right. And I think stories are what impact people. That's what we remember is certain stories that stick out and things that you didn't know before and 
emotional sound, whether that's positive or negative, it can be both, you know, excitement and everything else Mm -hmm. and taking people behind the scenes and something they can't get anywhere else. I always say, how do you stay relevant and who cares? You know, you have to give people a reason to care. If we're just providing highlights from whatever else, that's fine. It's not that those aren't important. But it's the story behind the highlights that really resonate with people. And, and we're giving somebody access that they can't get somewhere else and talking to coaches and athletes, both, you know, at the college level and at the high school level. And so when you dig and that's not easy. Right. And this is the thing that I think really separates us and what we try and do and bragging about ourselves a little bit. I'm, I'm OK with that. But, you know, we get behind the stories and, and tell those things and. And you have to be present to do those things. You have to be invested in the community. And all of that, like you mentioned, is giving back because, you know, what we do is is a public service in that sense. Right. And it's not to say like, oh, look at us for everything we do. Like it's it's our responsibility to do that as media. And it's also our responsibility to dig for things and, you know, and to look beyond just the surface of all of those things and uncover some of the stories, you know, and it's both positive and negative in that it's it's not always positive. You know, news is not always positive as we're finding out in our world right now. And so you have to balance that, too, you know, and so I think that's important. And it's all about learning. Right. And and that's why I'm so thrilled to have you on the team because you already have a year experience, you know, and so it's it's I think going to only elevate our department and what we can do, you know, as is the only department in the market to have three full time sports people, you know, and that's something that I take very, very seriously and, and, you know, only elevating our coverage. That's also what's frustrating about what's going on right now in our country is because, you know, there's so yeah. much momentum for Illini sports right now and, and build up to that and to have so many ideas and different things that we wanted to do to promote our coverage even more and and to build it up and to do things we haven't done before. That's frustrating for me, you know, and I know it is for you, Marley and and Andy, even just getting into this kind of thing, you know, but like, man, there's so many stories out there and there's so many, I think, things that were primed to happen with Illinois football this year. And it doesn't mean that, look, they're going to try and play in the spring, and that's great. I hope that happens so we can tell that. I hope that we are stupid busy from January to really the whole year next year. Right. Because I I think it could set up, Marley, where we could have, let's just say college football starts in January or February. We could have almost 12 months of just continuous stuff there, which would be great. And I might be... Summer lull. We might be sitting here this time next year going... We are crazy over our heads, busy, can't even stand any anymore, you know, working all these hours or whatnot. But after what's transpired the last six months, I think we would all take that right now. I I say it all the time. I would rather be busy than bored because when I'm bored, I lose my freaking mind. You're right. Yeah. I would rather be hustling. It makes the time go by so much quicker. And I think that's like you want to have a job where you're not constantly looking at the clock. Like going back to what Andy said, he doesn't want a nine to five job where he's sitting at a desk hating life. Not that I'm here sitting at a desk hating life, but it's kind of like, okay. Well, we've been working desk jobs for the last six months. Essentially, And it's not woe is us. It's just like this isn't why people get into this business for the most part. You know, we get into this business to go on these 15, 16, 17 hour days or whatever else. You're catching a flight. You're going to who knows where covering a game doing live reports putting up web stories videos all Mm -hmm. you know like for me that's the adrenaline rush of what we do and to not have that and this is the first time in my decade professional career of not having this and there's people that have been in this business for three four times longer than i have that have Mm -hmm. never experienced this right i mean it's a hundred year pandemic but i think it puts into perspective some of these things of like Mm -hmm. man those days are grinds and they're long 
Yeah. But it's but so much fun. But doesn't it go faster than oh, a typical absolutely. day that we're living right now? Right. Yeah. It, it's it's not sitting there looking at the clock at 9.45 after you wrap up your morning sports segment and you do Alexa or whatever else and you're like, all right, well. Now we're uh, here we waiting until the 10. Posted <laughs> my two web stories today when normally we post five or six and you're mm-hmm. like, ah. Uh, Okay. Right. Well, figure out something <laughs> to do tomorrow, you know, where normally it's like, how can I manage my time here and get the heck out of here so I can save some hours so we can get more content and do everything we need mm-hmm. to do to get covered, you know? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have all the answers to this. It's just funny how perspective so often, you know, changes our mindset, mm-hmm. both retroactively and proactively looking towards the future, you know, of like, hey, when this goes back to normal, because it's going to get back to normal at some point, right? Now, normal might not look exactly the same moving forward for years to come. I'm convinced of that. Like when you go to the airport or whatever, you know, on a train or being in public at a bar, restaurant, movie theater, whatever. I don't think that's going to look, quote unquote, normal like it was this time last year for a significant amount of time going forward. I think that's going to take years to get to that point. But at some point, it's going to go back to where masks are just whatever. And, hey, maybe there's one thing a hand sanitizer you know before you go to the airport or whatever not that's not unlike what it was before you know mm-hmm. it's like you could probably find that at an airport somewhere but when it does how do we keep the perspective we have now of like hey did we want this you know like this this grind and everything else uh, that's going to be the interesting thing and i'm just super happy that whenever we get to that point that andy's going to be along with us yeah. and we're going to be able to go out and kill our coverage even more and, and continue to you know, dominate Illini sports. I think that's the thing, and and high school too, but like that's the thing that excites me so much is that the interest is there, right? I mean, Illinois has a top 10 basketball team right now. That's something that hasn't been said since 2006 preseason. That season didn't really go according to plan, so to speak. I mean, they still made the tournament with D and James, but, you know, since 2005, the hype is real. Like, it's there right now. And I think that's the exciting thing for me, and I'm curious, like you said, growing up, you know, an Illinois fan here, uh, and that changes, right? I mean, I grew up an Illinois fan too, but I think after you work in this business for a while, your fandom goes away, and it's just like, okay, well, this is my job now, you know, and there's a professional element that's different. But going into that, Andy, thinking now of like, hey, Illinois is really good here, you know, and having Io and Kofi back, and having the team that they did, and the buildup for the last three years of Brad Underwood, the turnaround, and you saw it because you were working in the market this last year. What does that mean for you to be able to cover teams at their quote unquote peak right now? Or let's hope that this is, you know, yeah. like <laughs> trending towards the right direction here in basketball because number one on our board, and we have a, what I call a WCIA 3 playbook for the sports department. It's this is what's important. This is how we execute things. This is what we do. This is what we don't. In terms of everything from social media to on air to producing, Illinois basketball is number one. So how does that? make you feel knowing that you're jumping on board at a really really positive time and not on the downward trend of Illinois sports it's such I don't even know if I've even comprehended you know what it means yet Um, it means a lot of work is ahead for you exactly (laughs) Uh, and for us which is good which is good I will will take that right now Uh, because the only like other previous experience I have to look back on I mean I covered Illinois State while I was there and they were good my sophomore year. They should have made the tournament. That's a sticking point with me, but they were the first team left out. I'm not upset at the NCAA, if you can tell by the tone <laughs> of my voice. But like I said, there's no previous experience I have with this. 
And like we've said before, you know, growing up in, in Illinois fan, uh, it's really cool how it's come full circle. If I could tell my high school self, you know, this is where I'll be. Um, right. What? Uh, I guess I'm six years out of high school or something like that. Um, it's super cool. And then you add on top. I mean, Io's coming back. Kofi's coming back. Top 10 in preseason rankings. It just hasn't really set in with me yet that this has the potential to be unlike, I mean, anything seen at the State Farm Center slash Assembly Hall ever. You know, it has that potential with these, with this coach, with this team. And it's just so, so strange. It's not, I guess it's not strange, but it's hard to comprehend how cool that is, especially year one going into sports. It's not going to be like this every year. You know what I mean? No matter where I go, there's never going to be a top 10 team every single year. Um, but I'm just really looking forward to it. And just being able to take it all in, because uh, I think the first year, I mean, you guys can tell me this, but the first year probably means a little bit more. You're like kind of taking in the sights and sounds. Everything's still new and, mm -hmm. and fresh. And that'll definitely be really cool to do with such a good team, expectedly good team on the court. Right, and Marley can maybe weigh in on that. You know, your first year last year, really, because that first year you were here was kind of just thrown into things. Yeah. And, eh, well, <laughs> I think you made a couple road trips here and there. But last right. year was your first year where you just – I threw your head in and said, hey, yeah. you know, your train, let's go. You know, that first trip to East Lansing or, mm -hmm. you know, Wisconsin or wherever yeah. that may be, and you, and you figure out along the way and it's uncomfortable, but it's a good uncomfortable and it's nervous and it's stressful and it's all of those things combined into one because – I'm pushing you to do things that you are probably not okay with at certain times, <laughs> you know, on a, oh, you know, grand scale of like, yeah. Hey, you, you can do this because I believe in you and I wouldn't ask you to do something if I didn't believe you couldn't do it. But those are exciting things. And now it's going to look different, right? I mean, like there's not going to be 15,000 fans sold out at state farm mm -hmm. center. There's just not, like, I don't think we're going to get to that point this year where we're going to have that, you know, but have you been to an Illinois basketball game? I was not as a media member, but. Well, I was at an Illinois basketball game to do a live shot. Oh, we were uh, together. When we Marley and I were there yeah. together because I was doing a live shot about okay. um, the, uh, the the cancer uh, school. I I'm forgetting the words now. Uh, um, I had a promotion. Coaches versus cancer, maybe? It was not it was... coaches versus cancer, but uh, it was, was it the epilepsy story. No, it was okay. something. Uh, they were the Orange Crush. Orange Crush was promoting yeah. um, okay. the, this cancer center here on campus. Um, so I was there doing a live shot pregame. Marley was my photographer, and then we switched spots as she did her live shot in sports. <laughs> and oh, then, nice. Then okay. That was my – I think that's my the extent of my experience. What game was that? Do you remember? Um, It may have been – Big Ten game? It was yeah. probably a Big Ten game. It was. Okay. I don't want to say it – Mm, I honestly can probably go back and look because we did take a couple pictures, Andy. I know. That's the one photo. I'm, I've been waiting for it. I have the photo saved of oh, what I'm going to post. Oh, Nebraska. The announcement. Nebraska, Okay, yeah. so not a huge high-profile game like mm -hmm. Maryland on that Friday night. Oh, that was insane. Michigan State. But you can give Andy a little bit more insight in terms of, like, what that's like. Yeah. I mean, you know, because for me, basketball holds all weight, right? Football is great. Don't get me wrong. You know, the sold-out crowd, I've been to a few of them at the football stadium. I remember when I was an intern here in 2007, it was the Rose Bowl year, and it was sold out at Memorial Stadium. Mm -hmm. The place is rocking because when it's loud in there, it's loud. And, you know, that was my first exposure to being on the field and all of that kind of stuff. 
but basketball is by by and large when it's good it's it's right. good like there's nothing better than that so what is your experience or what would you tell andy about getting sure. into that knowing it's going to look a little different this year most likely but being there on the court the pressure of everything you're asked to do mm-hmm. the pregame show the social <laughs> media yeah. aspect the shooting aspect how am i turning a package on a deadline all of that kind of stuff and then just taking it all in because i think there's moments too where you have to look around and be like this is pretty cool yeah so kind of going back to what you said about the fandom and kind of losing your fandom as you've covered the team i think Mine has only grown because I came here not knowing a whole lot about Illinois. So I was almost maybe a little indifferent my first year. I was kind of, you know, taking it all in. I'm like, okay, the team is this, but I'm not really they weren't invested if they win or lose. You know, it was just kind of I was I was very neutral. Um, but then kind of developing relationships with the players, getting to know them a little bit, interviewing the coaches only grew my um I don't want to say necessarily fandom but uh I just became a little bit more invested so I think that just kind of heightened some of the moments that I was able to experience just like this is just from like taking not even like covering the team just kind of taking in all of those moments when the stadium is packed like you talked about that Maryland game that was one of those moments where it was like starry-eyed like wow this is incredible And you kind of take a step back. Like, I can't believe I'm here covering one of these kind of historic games. The line for the Orange Crush was out the door. I remember your live shot. You were outside. It was crazy. Everyone was Like, that's the moment, you know? And, like, those are things that are part of the reason that I do what I do and what we do what we do. Right? Because you want to be there for those moments. I mean, that's history. That's a program and a team and a coach taking steps towards mm-hmm. being relevant again and i know you both weren't here and you were two years old or what year were you born 96 don't tell me okay so <laughs> you know those are parts of like what illinois basketball was from 1999 mm-hmm. 8 to 2006 you know like that's yeah. the heyday of illinois basketball like one of its best stretches other than the 80s you know when they made the ncaa tournament all those years in a row you know and so for me, that's when I was in high school back then and, you know, growing up seeing that. And so to be a part of that is is like big, you know, and that's you're impacting people's lives. I mean, this is huge for so many people and to play a part in that and to tell those stories and right. to deliver those highlights and all of those things. And now it's all social media. Right. And so like being a part of those storytellers on social media, you know, I, yeah, like that's. That's big, and mm-hmm. it's fun, too, right? Yeah. I mean, like, we get paid to go to games that people pay to go to. That's what I always say, right? And so it's like... And yeah, courtside seats it, at we're that. Like one of the best seats <laughs> in the house, right? You're sitting on the floor. Like, there's only so many people that are, like, sit, l- right. literally sitting on the floor. You know, people have seats, you know, that, and chairs that are on the floor. But, like, no, you're on the floor. Yeah. Getting a little sweat dripped on. And yeah. Like, oh, all these moments. But I would tell you, Andy, like... Because some of these moments are so big. And I think we've been lucky, Brett, that, you know, this past year that there's been moments that have been better than maybe in years past with Illinois pulling all these upsets. And, you know, they were a team that was going to the tournament. So in between all of like the highlight cutting and running upstairs to grab the coach interview and then going back to edit, to do this, to do that, you have to take a step back and be like, wow, I'm this is really cool what we're doing and it can be a lot I mean I've 
you know, many a times I'm a hot mess, like running with all the cores. She's like, cussing at me. Tangled around. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm saying it's no, hard because okay. you're carrying the tripod, the camera, and we're by ourselves half the time. And it's a lot. And you're running most of the time. I'm in like little heels. You guys don't have that problem, but <laughs> it's tough. And, um, you know, putting together the highlight and your heart is pounding. And Brett's like, where are the highlights? I'm like, they're coming. They're sending on Latiku right now. Right. <laughs> um, but then just being able to take that step back and realize we're so lucky in what we get to do because it is really stressful at times. And there's, you know, you kind of almost black out in a sense that you just become like so in your bubble because you're so focused on meeting those deadlines and getting everything on air um, that you kind of forget what you're living in. So and those gotta... seconds and those minutes become so impactful and they oh, yeah. go so quick you know you're in that moment and the game ends at 10 o'clock and i'm like hey i want you to do this this and this and you're like wait wait you want me to do what <laughs> like mm-hmm. just get it done like don't think about it just right. get it done rely on yourself trust in yourself trust in the internet that's not reliable and then just <laughs> just get it done right yeah. like let's go like this is the moment those are the times that we really can showcase and shine who we are and what we do you know and that's the fun part about it and then you have a five-hour drive home and get home at 3.30 yeah. in the morning. <laughs> but you were so <laughs> adrenaline rushed on that five-hour right? drive yeah. home. I'll tell you. Like, you, I think, are going to notice that you're going to develop a laser focus that you never knew that you had. Like, sometimes yeah, when we have, you know, a big day in sports and we're on such a tight deadline, I'm like, how did I do that? Yeah. I have no idea how it got done, but it got done. But I have no idea how I did that. Sure. And then we'll take a step back a couple days. Well, that maybe the next day and then a couple weeks or a month later and say, okay, let's revisit this and figure out what we did, how we mm-hmm. did it, why we did it, what worked, what didn't. And that'll help our process moving forward, right? Um, those are all the fun things that make our job so much fun, right, compared to news. And I will say I did news for a couple of years. It's, it is different, right? I mean, you're coming back and you're telling your story and maybe it's on the water line break and wherever. And you're like, dude, I don't care right i mean like it just it, the, i would never do news again you know like i did news to get into this business i was a producer while i was still in high or still in college you know i got a job part-time job at the abc affiliate down in southern illinois producing mm-hmm. the weekends i hated it but you know what it got me in the door and it allowed me to see things from a bigger perspective of producing then i started producing some other newscasts you know and all of those things and reporting news and i'll never forget the first time i did a live shot down mm-hmm. in you know i'd been on the job full time for like a month and i did a news live shot and i let off the 10 o'clock news down there and i was like this is <laughs> awful story it was brutal like i hated it and it was on politics like i uh, <laughs> i don't care but it is what it is and you got to do it that's so far removed from what we do you know and so all of those things just to say it's going to be fun and it's going to be things that and we're going to have to figure out ways that we've never done things before. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that's fun for you. And it's going to be an interesting perspective because you don't really know the other way. Right. Like you've heard us talk about these things and, and all of the different elements to this. But I am convinced it's not going to look that way. You know, like we're not going to get to January here and then all of a sudden things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Although I hear a lot of people saying November 4th and the coronavirus is gone. Right. Like, OK, that's a joke. It's, it's not going to work <laughs> out that way. Right. But like we're going to learn together, you know, and I think that's the fun thing is we promote, you know, ourselves and our team and, and, you know, we try to do some dang good work here, you know, in the next six to 
12 months before this thing hopefully passes and we don't have another one of these for another 100 years or in our lifetime. Hope so. Fingers crossed. Oh, man. (laughs) Good vibes only. Right? All right, Andy. It's been fun. Yeah. Got to know you a little bit. Tell us maybe something that you do that's not sports that you like. You got any hobbies or anything else? I mean, I am a... I do like, you know, media as far as uh, movies, video games, and things like that. I'm probably the worst, like, movie buff that I know because <laughs> I do really enjoy watching movies, but uh, I just – my log is so backed up for movies that I need to see. But uh, video games would be the other thing. I mean, sports Play games, FIFA, whatever. you said? Play FIFA. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about, like, the basic ones, like – your Call of Duty, your other sports games. Do you have the, yeah. the headset? I do, yeah, yeah, Wow, nice. we need a picture Legit. of that. I, I, so we need a video of Marley <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, acting, and we need a video of Olsen here uh, with his headset on. I can send you my the photo out. of my headset and uh, the photo of the computer that I built to play games. Uh, wow, computer yeah. that you built. Yeah. That's you, next level. You buy It's, it's like Legos, big kid Legos. A little bit more expensive, but Legos expensive. are expensive. Let me tell you what. I got a kid that loves Legos. Uh, true. <laughs> Holy smokes. You go out there and look at the Lego aisle. You're like, I can't afford this. <laughs> yeah, it's like 50 bucks Stuff's for like a stupid expensive. Yeah. Daddy, can I get that? No, it's one hundred and eighty nine dollars <laughs> for Legos. Anyway, he'll, sorry. He'll graduate to I building digress. his own computer. Yeah. And then it's eighteen hundred dollars yeah, right. for the computer. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool, though, Dad. Yeah. I can do this and this. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, it's been fun. Marla, you got anything else? Um. Well, I think we should address uh what's been going on in the NBA <sighs> and yes. all of that because I think that's you know something important in our country. I mean, I fully support the NBA's um and the team's decisions to to boycott a couple of their games because I think that's gonna get people's attention and you know it shows that they're they're fighting for change and you know hopefully we we see something good come out of it. And we heard from Kofi yesterday. Right. It would have been Thursday. We're taping on Friday. You know, and, and his response to all of this, and and I think it's great. You know, if, if the NBA players, you know, think that this is going to promote change and, and help that, mm-hmm. then I think it's fantastic. And support them on all of that and the, and the owners supporting them and the NBA supporting them as well. You know, I'm 100% behind that and, and them promoting some type of change here because change yeah. needs to happen in our country. How we get to that point I don't know. I'm not sure that sitting out a couple of games, if they play today or tomorrow, is is going to do anything other than promote awareness. What I hope to see is some action. Like, we move forward here now. Like, words are important. Don't get me wrong. Let's move forward and get some action in this, whatever that may be, and whatever the NBA players are hoping for. I I hope to hear more on that of, like, Mm -hmm. what their next steps are in terms of action. If they're going to sit out the rest of the season, then go for it. That's great. Are they willing to put their money where their mouth is in that sense to do it. I don't know if I could do that, right? Like I, I can't put myself in that position to, to do that. If LeBron is willing to forego the rest of his salary this year in the playoffs and everything else, to me, that's action. That's a next level step to say, mm-hmm. okay, what are we looking for here? And if they get to that point, that's fantastic. If they get to a point today where they're happy with what they've done and they play tomorrow, let's say, I'm fine with that, too, if, right. if they've achieved what they want to achieve. The thing I have yet to hear from the NBA, and maybe you've heard this and maybe I haven't, what tangible steps are they taking next? Right. Like tangible change. Correct. Is, right. Because well, sitting out is one thing. Yeah. That's great. 
But what are they doing by sitting out that is going to enact change? Right. Well, Andy, you were the one that told me this, that the Bucks, when they were in the locker room, because they had boycotted the game. They were in the locker room. They wait. I don't know how long it was, like two hours maybe before they spoke to the media. Right. When they were in the locker room, they were trying to get a hold of the attorney general in Wisconsin. Right. Is that because you were the one that told me that. Right. Yeah. The county that Kenosha's in. Kenosha County. Yeah. Kenosha. Yeah. There you go. See, we got our... Uh, Northern Illinois, Southern <laughs> Wisconsin expert here. Yeah. And that's great. And I I had heard that they did get in mm-hmm. touch with the AG there. So, like, that is a step. Right. What is the next step for mm-hmm. that? Because I'm happy that they did take a step towards that. I had a conversation uh, with someone yesterday about this. They're like, hey, look, they did take some action in that. Moving forward here, though, I'm interested and anxious to hear what their next steps are. Because that, to me, is the most important part of this, of enacting change. I am all about change in this. I am, excuse me, all about player power and change and taking a stand and the voice that you have. And this is what we heard from Kofi yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I really appreciated about his media session. And you can hear some of that on our website. We've got some stories about that. But he sounds like he understands that he has a voice. Yeah. And I think that's the first step and that's what Colin Kaepernick taught us, at least in my eyes, is that they have this platform. They have this voice. We have a voice in that. And so we're taking that voice by airing these things. And I think everyone understanding where their voice is in their own circle of whatever that may be, mm-hmm. that voice is important. And that can be the first step towards that. What I'm hoping to see is the next step. Where do we get to a point now where we're, you know, it's, it's Labor Day, right, next week. The George Floyd, George Floyd killing was on Memorial Day. What steps are we taking now to continue this? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even to just jump in here and just say really quick about how, I mean, the past week has been, personally for me, you know, pretty emotional since Kenosha is kind of like a second home to me a little bit, kind of like Champaign's a second home since, mm-hmm. you know, I've spent a lot of time there growing up. I live 20 minutes. My parents live now, I should say. I live in Champaign now. <laughs> my parents live 20 minutes from the city, and my brother went to school with a kid from Antioch who went up there during the protests. Um, so to see how this is, again, bringing people's attention to the need to enact change, I think is so important because, like I said, I think a lot of people think that, you know, maybe, you know, that wouldn't happen, you know, where I live. You know, everyone's really friendly to each other where I live. But it was kind of, you know, brought again to my attention that, um, you know, this can happen in your own backyard. And it's right. it's personal. It's hurtful when it happens. Uh, so to see everyone again, you know, bring awareness to this. And like you said, you know, hopefully in the next weeks, months, doing some tangible action that can enact change. I think it's pretty important. So it's it's been it's been a weird week with this whole thing kind of mm-hmm. happening, you know, so close to, to home for me. Right. And there's inert and overt racism, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, we all have the ability to think upon ourselves of how we can change. If we're in circumstances, how can we speak up against that? How can we play a part in ending racism, you know, in our country and in our world? And that's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next month. It's not going to happen next year. There's going to be a, a generation that needs to you know, help lead this cause. And voices are a huge part of that. What else is a huge part of that is a platform like the NBA, which is a billion-dollar industry, and the owners can certainly help change that. And I read the other day that the owners have combined to give $300 million towards, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and towards changing, you know, and poli- right. police brutality and all of those kinds of things. 
there are hundreds of millions of more dollars that could help go to change that, to revolutionize our police system in this country, to help end racism, or at least get it to a point where it's not shooting people in the back seven times, you know, at a traffic stop or, you know, a police officer kneeling on George Floyd's neck for, you know, the amount of nine minutes or whatever it was that he did, right? Like, those are the things that I'm looking to see now as we move forward towards this, as well as the talk. I think Mm -hmm. it's important to continue the conversation. We can't just end the conversation here because George Floyd was three months ago. I think we need to continue that conversation with ourselves. Get uncomfortable with the things that we've maybe been comfortable with in the past of racism and how we handle situations in our own circles and in our own worlds, whether we're in a you know, very demographic place or not, I think we all can help change that and, and continue that conversation. But like I said, I'm just hoping we can get to a point where we, we have some more action here in that, whatever that may be. Because until we get to that point, I think these riots and protests are going to only continue and intensify. And maybe that's what needs to happen. And that and that's okay in my eyes, you know, that people are maybe coming to the realization because in this conversation I had with someone yesterday, it was like, well, why are they doing this? I don't understand. You know, well, you're talking about it. So right. it caught your attention. So even if you don't completely understand it, you're at least opening your eye to something that would not have happened before had these players not done this. Yeah. You know, and so I don't know. I think that we're hopefully moving in the right direction as a country, that things are coming out of this and that there can be some good that is spurned on from this in the future. I just hope we don't get to a point where, you know, it's all just talking and nothing changes because no, there's no action. And I'm happy that the sports world is helping at least lead that change a little bit. I mean, they're at the forefront of it all. It's incredible. And what's going to happen in the NFL here, right? Another sport that is predominantly black and minority players, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think it's true the African-American and black community has, in in essence, entertained America for decades, right, in sports. That's just the fact of what it is, whether that's baseball and and Latino or, you know, Hispanic or whatever else that may be. That's baseball is a minority sport. So is the NBA. So are all most professional leagues, right? And yet those are the voices that we so often don't hear in this, right? And so I think that that can elevate change and that can only help that. And sports can play a huge part in that. And if that means the NBA players sit out the rest of the season, they should mm-hmm. do it. I'll be particularly interested with the NFL because right. Roger Goodell had came out and said, hey, what I did, you know, handling the Colin Kaepernick situation was wrong. I've changed. It only Let's took him nearly forward. five years to move forward right. with that and get to okay. that point. But that's progress. But now. But we'll what do they see. do now? OK, right. But let's say the NFL players want to not play this season is Roger Goodell going to support that we'll see if you know he's right and he works for the owners and the owners are all white essentially Mm -hmm. and how do they perceive that you know because it's another billion dollar industry can they come together and work together I don't know I don't have the answers to that what steps are the players willing to take to get to that point with their platform what steps are we willing to take in our own lives to help end it because I think if everyone looks at themselves in their own circle and continues to develop those stronger relationships with people that maybe they haven't before to end conversations that have started in the past with people that you know are racist or have racist implications in their lives. That's the steps that we can take in our, in our own world and our own life, you know, totally. And that's why I was encouraged by Kofi saying that and coming out and answering some questions about that. Yeah. You know, he was and, really great. 
Um, we've heard Io talk about that as well. We've, we've heard other players from football, you know, to other sports. And you're doing a great series right now yeah. uh, on Sunday nights, you know, in, in what you're doing in promoting Black Lives Matter and black voices because black voices matter too. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think it's been a learning experience for me as well. So for our, our listeners that don't know, we started kind of a series, little series where we're just amplifying the voices of, um, you know, just black sports figures in our community and um it's it's been really great just to hear their experiences and learn what they had to deal with playing sports growing up because it was very different from my experience as a white athlete growing up and and to just kind of answering or being able to ask some of those uncomfortable questions but I think these are kind of the conversations that really need um to be had so it's it's been great i think we've gotten a lot of great feedback um we've highlighted a lot of athletes and coaches so i think we're excited to just continue that going forward right and that's our part right i think that's something that we can do Mm -hmm. to help in racism to help you know fight this social and racial injustice in our country you know and, and that's the platform that we have right and so we take that very seriously and that this is something that we can do you know, and that's where I think comes into everybody and asking, what can you do? You know, what can you do in your circle, in your world to help in this and, and having those conversations and then ultimately acting, whatever that may be. Right. You know, if you're supporting a cause, if you're protesting, if whatever you feel led to do, it's important to follow those, you know, um, feelings that you have and those things that you feel led to do to, to help in this and in our world. So, you know, we're going to continue to do that with high school and Illinois athletes because that's our niche. That's our uh, opportunity to help share these yeah. things with our audience and in, and in our world. So, you know, we're, we'll do it and continue to do it. And it's been a great series for you on Sunday nights. And, you know, what yeah. Sunday is we chose Sunday nights because it's one of our biggest audiences of the week. You know, and so how can we most reach people throughout the week and, and what we do in Sunday night? Uh, our 10 o'clock newscast is one of the best ways to do that. Yeah, I'm glad to be a part of it. It's been great. So thanks for taking the lead on that. Of course. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to tell those stories. Yeah. And they're meaningful stories in that, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, no high school football tonight. Uh, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. It, that kinda, to me is kind of like the signifier of fall, you know, is the start. <sighs> well, usually it would be great. We'd be getting ready, f- putting everything together, rundowns. What game are we going to go to? What game are we going to lead with? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do a live shot? Andy would be... I mean, we'd be finishing camp right now for Illinois, right? We would have taken a bigger high school approach this week because for the first couple of weeks of Illinois football camp, it's by and large a line eye, not that we ignore high school, but like that's our chance to get access to Illinois. We don't have any of that this year. Weren't able to go to any practices. Certainly could talk to the team on Zoom. That looked a lot different. Then they shut that down. No high school. We already knew that coming in before August started. But you get to these points now where it's kind of like these check marks because then we get into game mode week. And it's just like re- rinse, wash, repeat. You know, like mm-hmm. we it's just, okay, here we go. We got this story this day. You know, we're going to highlight this team this day for our spotlight game of the week. We get to Thursday. It's a line eye preps. It's high school volleyball at night. Friday's Friday football fever. Saturday's game day. And we do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And yes. now we have a Friday night. Now we're, yeah. And I talked to a couple of <laughs> coaches. It's going to air tonight on WCIA. But, you know, uh, Fisher coach Jake Palmer's like, yeah, my wife's been really, really anxious about Friday nights in the fall because she's never had that before. Uh, I said, well, what are you going to do well on Friday? We might take advantage while we can, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Well, that's, it's just going to be weird. 
It is. I'm going to go camping a couple times this fall. There you go. Oh, get cool. a little more opportunity to do that. You know, play some fall golf. Usually I don't get an opportunity to do that because you're, you know, jam-packed with everything else. So here we are. Here we are. Just doing our best. Welcome to the That's team, That's all Andy. you can Thank do. You. you can only do your Officially, best. Officially. Yes. I know you're going to take some time off next week. You'll start in sports on Wednesday, Thursday, September 9th. Is yes. That the day? I, is it the 9th? It's that Wednesday that yeah, week. Yeah, 9th or 10th, whatever that oh, day so is. Yeah, like so we'll look forward to that and seeing you on air on the sports side a little bit more, telling some stories, getting out in the community. Uh, we're going to get Athlete of the Week going here again, so Andy will be oh, out get ready. Community and high school and everything else and, and sending them around and, and start telling some of those stories for the sports department. And then he's going to fill an anchor, too. Uh, when Marley or I take off, take some time off, you'll see Andy on the desk. You did it once, July 4th, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I it think went great. I, I don't even know if the promo had been out at that point yet. It was really a surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Marley looks a lot different. Exactly. <laughs> there. I made the joke that you guys must have left the doors open to the sports department. Right. Someone snuck their way in. Exactly. So it's going to be good. All right, Andy, it's been fun getting to know you a little bit more. It's been a great time. I appreciate you guys uh, welcome, welcoming me on uh, with uh, you know such vigor and such uh, open arms. It's been great. Awesome. All right. From Molly Weirda and Andy Olson, Woo. the 3-in-1 podcast is back in full. We're excited to back continue to this. Don't know what we're going to talk about the rest of the fall. We'll figure it out no, as we always we, do. No, we said that in I know. April when we're like, what the heck are we going to talk about? We and figured we it still, out. We figured it out. We always had something to talk about. I know. I think we should do more podcasts where Marley lets us know about more secrets. <laughs> no. Like the fact that she was in no. <laughs> Exactly. Selling cars and Barbies. ruining dates yeah. ruining dates daddy hi daddy <laughs> hi dad uh talk about something here <laughs> exactly all right oh, until next woman. week we'll do it again i'm brett have a good one